It's time for that dreaded payroll discussion as news comes through that the Twins are pretty much guaranteed to subtract from their franchise high budget in 2023. So we'll break that down as well as the news of the day. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and of course on YouTube and as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where your team every day. As always, please feel free to be part of the show, leaving reviews, leaving comments on YouTube, asking questions, all that fun stuff. Hit us in the DMs at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked On Twins. We'd love to hear from you. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Now, today's news of the day we're going to run through as quickly as possible because the payroll discussion is going to dominate the show as it should. It's front burner information. But a couple quick things uh, to, to talk to or talk about rather when it comes to things around the league and how they might apply to the Twins. Ron Washington has been named the Angels manager, former twin Ron Washington, managed most notably Texas Rangers, um, first base or base coach for the Moneyball A's and um, infield coach, that sort of thing. Uh, So good to see him back in the game in that respect. He'd been coaching with the Atlanta Braves. And I, I think it's going to be an interesting fit. We had seen Buck Showalter in the mix there. We had seen potentially Torrey Hunter in the mix there. It sounds as though Torrey Hunter is going to be his first base coach. Curious to me that he would live leave Minnesota, you know, the organization for that role. But, you know, if, uh, if the opportunity is there, you take it. I just, uh, as I've said before, I, I don't understand necessarily making a whole bunch of money as a player and then getting back into it full-time for less money, more time away from your family, and that sort of thing. But that's not an indictment on Torrey Hunter. Good for him. He should do a great job. I think he's going to be a very interesting person to watch and how he takes to coaching, because if he takes to a well, it wouldn't shock me for him to manage someplace at some point if that's what he's interested in. It sounds too like Chili Davis, another former twin uh, from the 91 Twins World Series team. He was the DH. Um, yeah, he'll be the hitting coach most likely, it sounds like. So between Washington, Chile, and Torrey, plenty of Twins influence with the Angels coming up here this season. Oscar, I don't even know how you say that. Oscar Inwa is expected to be fully healthy for the Braves in spring training coming up here. Missed all of 2023 due to Tommy John. And if the name sounds vaguely familiar, it's because he was traded to the Braves in the Jaime Garcia deal, which a week later netted the twins Dietrich Enns and Zach Littell. The Garcia trade also netted the twins Anthony Recker, a minor league catcher who never played in the big leagues for them, 
and some cash. So uh, if you're a Twins prospect fiend, you will remember Inwa's name. Um, yeah, and you can keep a lookout for him with the Braves next season. Phillies announcing at the winter uh, GM meetings, I should be clear, GM meetings, winter meetings are coming up later, that uh, Bryce Harper is moving to first base permanently, which most likely takes him out of the picture for Reese Hoskins. And where that, for me, comes back to the Twins is Hoskins' price will likely be down a bit due to missing the last season with an ACL. But the Twins are in the marketplace, you would think, for a right-handed hitter who can play first base or DH, you know, make, make some match there. Again, a lot depends on the health of Alex Kirloff, Byron Buxton, and then whoever else they bring in to, you know, back up in those roles. But I could see a scenario where the Twins nab Hoskins on a short-term build value deal, a bridge deal, if you will, that could make a lot of sense. So if Bryce Harper moving to first means Reese Hoskins is available. I'll be curious to see if the Twins get involved. Phillies showing interest in Sonny Gray. Sounds like if that would be the case, he could be a replacement for Aaron Nola. Big issue here is that it's likely Sonny's going to sign early because um, he's going to get a shorter-term deal, so it's going to be easier to agree on value as far as AAV and shorter-term deals. Again, older pitcher, so... Um, the Phillies will have to have a pretty good idea of where they stand with Nola before they uh, seal the deal or try to seal the deal with Sonny. But I suspect we're going to be hearing a lot more in the coming days of more teams interested in Sonny, who is going to be a highly sought-after target in free agency. Eduardo Rodriguez has no geographic restrictions. And so when it comes to signing in free agency, here's another name to keep an eye on for the Twins. Uh, lefty who... Uh, based on stuff, you know, you might expect there to be maybe a little further to push his skill set, um, you know, even still on the somewhat young side as a starting pitcher free agent. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's 31 next year. So um, a lot of people expecting him to get a five-year deal, just like the one he opted out of with from the Tigers. And the geographic restrictions comes down to, does he want to play where the money is? He didn't want to be traded to the Dodgers. But, um, you know, do you not want to upset the apple cart with family stuff? There's a lot we don't know. So Eduardo Rodriguez saying he has no geographic restrictions at least makes you think, hmm, maybe when it comes to the Twins. But, again, we're talking about a payroll uh, drop in the second and third segments today. So we're going to have to kind of navigate that a little bit. Brendan Cootie, uh, or Cutie, Cootie, Cutie. I'm not sure. I have I know Brendan, but I've never asked him how to say his last name. Either way, uh, Brendan of The Athletic says there are up to eight teams uh, in on former Yankees right-handed pitcher Luis Severino. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Twins are one of them. That feels like the quintessential we can fix him. Um, Severino has not been the same the last few years due to injuries, but you know, certainly retains some of that prospect luster, some of that young pitcher with success luster where maybe again to a team that can get him coach him up as far as you know maybe working on sequencing different things um you know twins have a lot of luck or not necessarily luck but they they did well with the pitching that they had brought in this last off season so i think the twins could be maybe considered a sought after destination for pitchers who are trying to rebuild value. So we'll see. Maybe the Twins are in on Luis Severino. Sounds like the Blue Jays are interested in Michael A. Taylor. And 
contrarily, uh, Twins sound like they could be interested in Kevin Kiermeyer. So possible center field type swap. Um, Kiermeyer, tremendous, tremendous, tremendous defensive player, even to this point in his career. Um, not going to give you an incredible amount of offense, but got a little jolt in his bat when uh, when he makes connection or when he connects rather. So uh, not entirely unlike Michael A. Taylor, but I would think maybe a slightly better player overall. I asked Jake Odorizzi when he was a twin who he liked playing uh, behind him more. Was it Byron Buxton or Kevin Kiermeyer? And he said he literally could not choose. So we've all seen what Byron Buxton is capable of to get another version of that lefty swinger, which again, we all kind of feel like they should get more righty swingers. But if, um, if a guy can play, he can play. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Eric Fetty drawing interest from MLB teams. He of former uh, Nationals uh, <laughs> fame, obviously things had actually not gone all that well for him. 5-4-1 ERA in his big league career over six seasons, but spent 2023 overseas in the KBO and was tremendous. 2.0 ERA, 20 wins if that's your thing, 10.4 strikeouts per nine, and a .95 whip. Not unsurprising to see guys like that leave, come back, and look like they've figured a few things out. Saw with Colby Lewis in recent seasons, who turned into a pretty solid starter for the Rangers. Um, Drew Rusinski, former twin, tried to make a similar jump last year uh didn't work with the a's he's a free agent again after they declined his option but it's again it's not unprecedented to go overseas and come back certainly has happened with quite a few hitters as well eric eric thames comes to mind the uh the, the former brewer but uh i could see fetty being of interest to the twins especially because he's probably not going to get a huge contract uh, a couple more quick ones kike hernandez had double hernia surgery in late october He's a free agent. I could see the Twins having interest in him. Um, Right-handed stick can play all over coming off a down season. Again, that checks a lot of boxes that the Twins need checked. Yankees appear to be hiring James Rousen as hitting coach, or at least leaning heavily that way. Uh, former Twins hitting coach, who to me was one of the finest people I ever knew in the game or have ever known in the game. Love James Rousen and hope the best for him wherever he lands next. And, uh, I think I could see Eddie Rosario following him to the Yankees. We'll see what happens there, but the Yankees are going to need some hitting. They're going to need some players who are not 40 years old. Um, so we'll see. And then Twins selected the contracts of infielder Junior Severino and Jair Camargo. Um, Twins doing those moves to prevent those guys from hitting minor league free agency, as opposed to the moves that they will make later this offseason, adding guys like we would expect, Emmanuel Rodriguez, Austin Martin, and so forth. So those will come a little bit later here this month. But for now, we got to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. And our friends over at FanDuel say you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right. You heard me correctly. A hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. You can bet against the Vikings if you want. If you're a Minnesota fan like me, 
you don't have to strictly bet for. You can bet against whatever you think is going to be a winner, and that's 150 bucks in bonus bets. It's a no-brainer of the century. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And the app is excessively easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs and unders, and more. Anything that you can imagine. And again, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Absolute no-brainer. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we're running it back here in the bullpen, and we have a payroll discussion that I am not eager to have, but I think it's important. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are very, very appreciative of that. Uh, the rest of the week, we're going to talk about off-season vibes, um, especially, too, with the payroll discussion that we're going to have. And I, I want to focus on some key points. I think Bobby Nightingale Jr. had the first story from the GM meetings in Arizona suggesting or flat-out saying the Twins were going to be cutting payroll. The story that I honed in on, Dan Hayes and The Athletic, I love Dan. Great, great dude, great writer, great everything. Um, here's, he's reporting from Scottsdale at the time. I, for all I know, he's home now. But um, that the Twins are not officially like committing to anything like that. But it sounds as though the payroll is slated to go down from – 154 last year, according to Cots. Um, Cots contracts on baseball perspectives, if you're not familiar, good place, great place to find contract values um, created by a guy I used to work with at baseball perspectives called uh, named Jeff Houston, not call. You can call him that, but that's because it's his real name. Um, yeah, so it sounds like it could be down anywhere from 15 to 30 million. Now, why is this? First, I want to talk about what it's not. It's not unique to the Twins. Other teams may not be saying this part out loud, but it's going to be a severely common problem for teams who fall under the Bally Sports umbrella, the Diamond Sports umbrella. A lot of different teams have broadcast rights that are, that are handled by the Bally, whatever umbrella. There's a few independents or the few that, you know, the Yankees have their Yes Network, Red Sox have Nessen, Mets have SNY. But when I look at these cuts, I think it's going to be a reality of the game. You know, we saw a an offseason of what was quietly called collusion, but it was – you know, the it was the Bryce Harper offseason where he signed super late. I want to say Manny Machado was that season too. Um, it wouldn't shock me if we see that kind of offseason where things move slowly as teams kind of refigure their budgets. Not only refigure their budgets, but figure out where in the world they're going to be on TV this coming season. Now you look at the rest of the central, though, and here's where I come back to that I'm not as worried about the twins as I seeing maybe some people be twins are a bally client broadcast wise guardians bally royals bally tigers bally 
White Sox, not Bally. But with that said, all you got to do is look at the White Sox roster. It's bad. Look at their financial situation. Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't spend that much money. And I don't think it's as grim on the field as maybe our visceral immediate reaction would be to something like this. Now, I'm not here to tell anybody that their reaction of, ah, yeah, man, that sucks. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all. And the thing that I come back to that bothers me about it is, yeah, there's less money coming in this offseason. We still don't know what the broadcast situation is going to look like. Um, I had read that the Twins were offered a year back at 50-whatever million, 54 million, something like that, and they balked at that. So I feel like they wouldn't be likely to take a bad deal just to or like they, I, I feel like they probably have something in mind or a pretty good idea of where things are going to go that they can navigate the the waters successfully this offseason, knowing what's to come um, in terms of a financial windfall from a broadcast deal. But again, the rest of the division, with the exception of the White Sox, is Bally Country. The Twins are the most talented team in the division. If you're a Locked On Guardians fan and that takes you off, deal with it. A lot of their talent is young. Departing free agents like Tyler Malley, Joey Gallo, Donovan Solano, possibly a non-tender of Kyle Farmer, that more or less chews up the difference in payroll. Now, that's not to diminish why fans say, yeah, again, payroll going down. I hate it. It doesn't have to be a simple, you know, OLED pocket protector versus a person who think everyone thinks is a knuckle dragger because all they do is complain about the pole ads. Um, but with that said, I feel like they can, you know, wh what we've seen and, and Derek Falvey mentions this in the Dan Hayes piece. He says, you know, I think we've shown in our time here that we're not afraid to be creative and they're going to have to be, I mean, options to slash the budget would include trading Polanco, trading Kepler, trading, I mean, Christian Vasquez, I don't really think is going to get traded. Um, Non-tendering or trading Kyle Farmer. But those guys are good players, varying degrees, of course. But again, it's not as though they couldn't operate without any of them. If you move Jorge Polanco, you can probably stick with Edward Julian at second base at least in the meantime, until either Brooks Lee shows up, Austin Martin shows up, or whoever else. If you trade Max Kepler, you could just as easily have Matt Walner, Trevor Larnick, um, Alex Kirilov out there. Uh, Manuel Rodriguez is going to be on the 40, so he's only a couple call, one call away. Um, you know, He's going to need to produce at a higher level to really look like he's ready, but He's going to be in the mix. So it's not like these guys are make or break. But again, this isn't to diminish the idea that this still sucks. And let me tell you why else it sucks. It sucks because I defended the Twins 
not spending more money in 2012, 2013, 2014, when those teams were destined to be not particularly good. And I said, okay, why pump more money into teams that aren't going to be particularly good? Financially, that makes sense. As fans, they want the team to just be as good as possible, so spend more money. And if you ask me I, how much money my ownership, the ownership of the team that I'm rooting for, no matter who it is, how much they should spend, the answer is always going to be more. More. Spend more. But again, I go back to the 2012, 13, 14 era when payroll went down after 2010 and 11. And you bank that money, to me as a promise, not an explicit one, and, and maybe not even an implicit one if you're expecting rich, filthy rich people to do things conventionally. But they banked a lot of extra money those years where you could have easily justified paying $20 more million to be still mediocre, but have a better outfitted team, more depth, etc. So when they were tightening their belts back then, I feel like the future right now should have been where that kind of that faucet gets opened back up and the water left behind rushes out. And maybe that's what the Carlos Correa contract could be justified as. I'm not going to argue either way as far as if you want to justify it that way. But again, like if your point is that the poll ads are cheap and you won't hear any counter argument or counter counter discussion, that's a little different than saying, ah, man, I, you know, this sucks. Twins just had one of their best years and who knows how long, no matter your, your classification of what's a good season, it's the best season they've had in, Many moons, but to not follow it up with significant financial commitment, definitely frustrating, definitely frustrating for fans. And I hear you and I don't like it either. A couple more things I wanted to touch on from Dan's article, because again, it was tremendous. Derek Falvey thinks twins are still well-positioned. Heading into this offseason, obviously young players, pre-ARB guys, our early ARB guys are going to play a big role. Um, you know, early ARB guys like Alex Kirloff, pre-ARB guys like Edward Julian and Royce Lewis. You know, it's it's not a very highly compensated team at the top. You know, Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, Pablo Lopez. And Lopez, I think, is eight million and changes here before his thing, uh, his deal kicks into high gear. So they should be – it's it's not to say that it'll be good. It definitely won't be good at reduction of the budget, but it might mean just less discretionary cost, or discretionary spending or free a little more freewheeling. Like you could have easily argued the Twins didn't need Joey Gallo. You could have argued the Twins didn't need, um, you know, a few different uh, – they didn't get anything out of Tyler Malley for what they paid him. Efficiency will be part of ruling the day, like it or not. But um, I do think there's one way to skirt this, and that is structuring contracts like Pablo Lopez's deal where it's $8 million and then it 
bumps up to a, a, an amount more commensurate with his talent, with his skills. It wouldn't be all that difficult, I suspect, to bring in some free agent talent and you just structure the deals where it's like up front, they don't get as much as they do, you know, sliding scale uh, moving back. So if you were to hypothetically sign an Eduardo Rodriguez for five years and 80 million, you know, maybe on the first year he makes 10, but on the last year he makes 20 something. Perfectly doable, perfectly reasonable, still may result in a drop in payroll, but they've been creative. And I think we should give them at least time to show us what it would look like. Good friend said, you know, I'm not going to let what might happen six months from now take me off and spend much time in my brain right now. I'm not going to decide if I'm going to follow the Twins for next year right now based on finances. Well stated. I do want to give fans the last little bit of the show here too, though, to share their opinions because I, I I do like it. I do value them first and foremost, but I do like just kind of checking the temperature of fans. Um, so let's just, I'm going to kind of walk through some of the, the best comments. Uh, Palmer designs on Twitter says, I don't think they should subtract an important piece to cut payroll. They're in a bad division, make some small moves to improve parts of the roster and see what happens. Perfect, perfect, perfect line of thinking. Um, I definitely agree. Uh, his name's Sean. I, I agree with you, Sean. I think that, uh, you know, you just you want to probably be more budgetarily efficient, which is hard to do. Injuries happen. I mean, imagine trying to be any less efficient than, you know, a Carlos Correa production on last year's contract. These things happen. They're, they're part of baseball. But again, you just you, you try to find efficiency wherever you can. Eric Walls says they can still add accordingly just fine by trade. And as long as they get better health from their better talents, they'll be better than last season's team. And it probably won't be close winning 90 plus games. So running away with the division. Um, I like that take. I like what I see from this roster. And I think, yeah, they have enough prospects near the top that they can pair off some of that depth to give them a number two starter beyond Pablo Lopez, maybe a center field option if Kiermaier's not on his way, and that sort of thing. It's, again, allow the front office to be creative. Don't have a dollar figure in mind and see what happens. Again, I'm not saying you can't be pissed about it. I'm not saying you can't say, wow, the optics of this suck. Perfectly reasonable. Perfectly reasonable. Um. John Lano says, this front office is always creative. The payroll reduction feels temporary at best, but making them continue to be creative may force some good moves we haven't seen otherwise. And to me, that's where my infatuation with Jesus Lazardo comes back. Um, likely to make $6 million this year. Pitcher of much higher caliber than that. And if you get him in and he does well and your budget expands again, you sign them long-term. At the very least, you have them arbitration eligible for multiple seasons. It's a good place to be if you value player control, as everyone does, and are willing to pay it year to year, which with a guy like Lazardo, you would be. Um, Chris Lee says, Kepler and Jorge were re-signed so that the Twins could eat their contracts in a trade. 
not really sure what that's getting at because they could have just as easily bought them out then if you think I mean it's not they're not going to eat those contracts. They're going to trade those players for players of value. So kind of a moot point. Uh the mix says it's fine. I'd rather they spend based on where they are at this point of their window, but it's not something that's going to make me shout on Twitter for an entire presentation of uh, um slash off season. Basically, that's where I'm at too. Um, yeah, you should be adding at this point in your window. Uh, I'll be curious to see what that looks like. If if someone offers you something good for Jose Miranda and Trevor Larnick, are those guys considered still part of the future? So I don't know. I, if anything we know, it's going to be a, a very entertaining offseason because this front office – Spares no expense when it comes to entertainment, um, entertainment value. Not spares no expense financially, but like they will be creative to a fault. Our friend Jimmy says, I think they can put a very competitive team on the field for less than last year, but still disappointed. Again, great point. Love Jimmy. Um, again, it's it's certainly reasonable to be bummed out. Nobody wants to hear a budget's going to be re reduced. That's applicable to everybody listening to this show, no matter what walk of life you're talking about. But again, we would hope it's temporary. We would hope with creativity they could structure deals differently, that sort of thing. And again, this is going to affect lots of teams in the league. I don't have the exact number, but I suspect more than two-thirds are operating on a Bally subsidiary. It's in that mix. I can think of a handful. White Sox in the division. Um, but I just, I think in general, it's going to affect budgets with so many teams that um, I think it's going to be overstated. I, I, I do. Um, but again, willing to be wrong. And I would love to hear your opinions in the comments. But for now, that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on Locked On Twins. Make sure to hang around the rest of the week. We'll talk off-season vibes. What, um, you know, a couple different ways I could see the off-season panning out in terms of where to spend, where to trade, where to do nothing. So we'll catch you on the flip side with that. This is Locked On Twins.